Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. This is a very special uh, Sunday for us. It's a, it's a difficult one as well, as you'll see, as we just want to talk about some of the things that are going to happen in the very near future. And uh, I want to begin by reading a little bit of John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Are you with me? You with me? Say I. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I'd have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the place, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, (laughs) the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then come to verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Verse 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I wonder if Jane would just come and join me here at the front. And Jean-Louis, if you don't have your hands full. (laughs) Jean-Louis has not been very well, so we appreciate you being here today. Jesus, um, in his ministry was on a, it must have been extraordinarily exciting, don't you think, to have been with him. He had traveled around Galilee, he had been around Nazareth, of course, but particularly Capernaum, where there was a great move of God, a great revival, as we might call it today. Actually, a revival is just really the ministry of God in action. It's the normal activity of God. But there... They come to Jerusalem and there there were signs and wonders and people responding to God in extraordinary ways. 
And it looked like, from the, from the disciples' point of view, Jesus was the, the Messiah. They'd kind of got that a bit. And suddenly, he drops this awful, what we would call today, a bombshell on them. And I don't know whether you'd ever thought about it, because you, when you read the story, you know already that Jesus goes away. You know that before you even pick up the Bible. You know he goes away. But I want you to place yourself in their shoes when Jesus says to them, I am going away. And the shock that these young men must have felt, what do you mean you're you're going away? We've just arrived in Jerusalem. All the excitement is... Is here. What do you mean you're going away? And in that moment, the expectations, it wasn't God's will that was going wrong, but the expectations of those people was completely thrown out. Because Jesus was one step ahead of them in the will of the Father, and their expectation was not the same as what God was actually going to do. And so we have uh, something of a similar scenario here in our own fellowship, in our own church family. And uh, I think that today will be a difficult day. I think it will be uh, a day of some surprises. In the same way that Jesus surprised his disciples that day when their expectations were not met and they suddenly found themselves in a place of disappointment or, or, or even shock, I don't know, what they were thinking. And today, sadly, I don't know what you, many of you are thinking and whether this will be a shock to you or whether some of you are a bit ahead on the will of God, who knows. But the sad news, I, I, in a sense, I hope it's sad and I hope it's also a joy as well because it's a, it's a difficult one. This is one of the diff- most difficult days of our, of our lives today, because God has called us to do something different, my wife and I. And today we wanted to tell you about it. Uh, we wanted to share something with you that we've been thinking through and praying through for a very, very, very long time. So nothing of what we're going to say today has been arrived at in any hurry. Uh, Believe you me, (laughs) we have prayed something through, thought something through, sought something through for a very long time. The effect for many of the folks here and those listening, if you're on iTunes, hello, um, the effect of, of it will be for you is that in 2014, uh, my wonderful wife and I, we will no longer be the leaders here. And uh, God will bring about, and I'm going to tell you all about it today, a new leadership team here in the church that will include, in a sense, my wife and I, because uh, we want to, come back here as much as we can, or as much petrol as you can afford to pay, really. Um, 
But we want to be able to come back here as often as we can. But in 2014, uh, Jane and I will no longer be the senior pastors of the church. So I don't know if that makes you sad. Some of you might think, praise God. But a lot of people might be sad, and certainly a few people will probably be uh, surprised. The most surprised people of all actually is us <laughs> in this whole thing. Um, and I want to take a few minutes to talk about it. Uh, I realize that for some people this is a bit of a shock. We gathered together the operations team earlier this week and we shocked them. And uh, in a moment I'll ask them to come and help us and pray um, um, today. The first question is, um, what are we going to do? Where are we off to? I, can, I want to confidently assure you we're not going to a warmer place. In fact, we're going to a slightly colder place. The Assemblies of God, the network of churches to which this church belongs and to whom I personally uh, submit, um, there are about 600 Assemblies of God churches in the UK, but they have a much broader influence. Uh, they have an influence over many of the uh, black majority churches, African-type churches. There's a big, big network of influence. The Assemblies of God have a, have a national ministry center. And if I remember rightly, I have a picture of it here. A national ministry center, which is about 115 miles north of here. For the last 12 months, uh, they've been chatting with me about joining their team and being part of about 150 students uh, attend this training center and it's like a 50 in each year roughly something like that and they so each year 50 go out another 50 come in a lot of them live here and for the last 12 months I've been in discussions with this national ministry center it's called Mattersy Hall would I come and would I form part of a brand new team there a new era if you like for the college to minister there, to train up the next generation of Christian leaders. And so some of you who know a bit more about what's going on will know that I actually was popping up there quite a lot last semester, September to Christmas, Thursday night and Friday, to see how it was all working out. And I was teaching there. I teach the students how to preach. And so there's, a, there's 50 students about to come out of the college who are all going to preach a bit like me. So you might think that's good or bad, but that's what they're going to do. And, uh, but I was asked, would I do a lot more? Would I do a lot more? One of the things that I have to be careful what I say because I don't want to show disrespect, but one of the things about the college is it sort of, and I think even the principal would, would say amen to this, it sort of needs a very strong Holy Spirit Pentecostal emphasis. And the guy who's been working there, he's about to leave. He was their Pentecostal person. He was their spirit-filled person. And he's 60-something now. He's leaving. And so they were very keen that someone came in who would come in and, and really inspire the students to plant churches all over the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. That we would raise up students 
preachers and teachers and pastors and some will become, not, not everyone will be behind pulpits that go to this college, but people who would know how to move in the power of the Holy Spirit, who would believe that uh, revival was now, who would believe that God could use them, who would know how to prophesy, who would know how to minister powerfully. And part of the mandate on me is to do a bit of that. So much so is that mandate on us, that they've insisted that we live right next door to the college. And I'm not sure that's a great idea, but that's what we're going to do. I've got a feeling they might all be coming around a lot. But we bought a house this week. We bought it on Wednesday, right next door to this uh, ministry training center. And uh, so I've been asked, would I go and do that? And I felt God was speaking to me to go and to do that. I felt we were moving in the will of God. But I knew that a decision like this was huge. It's huge for us. Because uh, this is a nice place, isn't it? It's a nice place. And I just built myself a really nice office underneath here. With a sofa and everything. And uh, they were going to pay us a whole lot less money than we were being paid here. And all those sorts of issues were there. Believe it or not. And we felt, the, we felt the call of God to go and do it. I was chatting with a, um, with a principal. He was talking about what subjects we'd like to teach. So I said, I, I want to teach the Pentecostal subjects. So, yes, okay. And I'm teaching Christian doctrine and uh, how to understand the Bible, how to preach. And I've been given this very, very significant role. I was chatting with the principal one Friday afternoon, on Friday uh, in the dining room. The following day, I was in Royston, not the Royston here, but the Royston that's near Barnsley in the north of England, where a, a wonderful revivalist, Ken Gott, was there. And during that meeting, he sort of called a few of us out. And he gave me this word, and he gave it to me publicly. He said, the Holy Spirit says, he says, oh, I hate doing this, I hate doing this. He says, but the Holy Spirit says this, you are about to change your career. And you should go in faith. And it was terrible. You might think that was exciting, but it was terrible because everyone in the room thought, this is one bad prophet. Don't they know he's Peter Cavani? They've just, they, he's on Facebook, they're just building a building. He's not going to change his, he's not going to change his career for nothing. I think Ken's bookings went down after that. No one wanted to hire him as a prophet anymore. But it was amazing. It was amazing. And we have, uh, I could tell you many stories, and over the weeks maybe we'll share a few more, of how God just seemed to break in just to confirm and speak to us that this is what we should do. I believe that just as the disciples were shocked as Jesus stood there and said, I'm going away now. I believe he was going away because his work was finished. And they didn't want it to be finished, those young men. They wanted to keep him. And I know that feeling. And I've been in a church where the pastor had a meeting midweek and was leaving. And I didn't want him to leave. And so I know some of the feelings that some of you, anyway, are feeling now. And maybe like what those young men were feeling when Jesus gave them that news. But the truth is that Jesus had finished the work that he had come to do. And we believe that to a, 
a large extent, we've finished everything God wanted us to do. We're here in this amazing venue. We have an amazing team. We have an amazing sense of God's presence. And actually, the time for the aeroplane to lift off the ground is at the end of the runway when it's at its fastest. So our plan is that uh, we are going to move house in a few months' time, but we're going to come back every Sunday, or most Sundays, not every Sunday, but most Sundays, right up until the end of this year. In my diary, I'm speaking at the carol service here on the 22nd of December. So you haven't quite got rid of us yet. So we've got lots of dates and things planned in. We're going to be back here. So it really is going to, the change will sort of occur much more significantly on Sundays anyway in the new year rather than immediately. Jesus said to them, and we read it earlier, I will not leave you as orphans. He said to them, I'm going away. And I know, you, I know you're going to feel, oh no, there's a gap. How are we going to, how are we going to be? But he said to them, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. And I'm not going to leave you as orphans either. And we're not going to leave you as orphans. We believe that over these last few months, and particularly uh, the, the last six months, but really over many years, we believe the Spirit of God has been coming on Philip Shaw more and more. And in February, it was the 13th of February, we went to his home and we said to him uh, what the Lord had been saying to us. And I said to him, I think you're the man, I think you're the man to take this on. Philip Shaw, Philip and Emma. That was the 13th of February. Let me assure you, we completely ruined his Valentine week. The following night, him and Emma went out for a romantic dinner just looking into their soup. With the soup just falling off the spoons. We've asked Phil if he felt that God was speaking to him about becoming the pastor here. And he said yes. And that's what's going to happen. I hope you feel good about that. We felt that Phil was a son of the house. We feel that just as, and of course, I'm talking about the Trinity now, and so humans do not compare. You understand that. But just as Jesus said, I'm going to send you another counselor. He's going to be be just like me. We believe that Phil will carry on the DNA, the culture, the emphasis, the faith, the joy. He's not as funny as me. I realize that. But he'll carry on the joy. And King's Church is going to be the same. There's all sorts of wonderful leaders out there. And we could have certainly invited them to come and think about it. But we thought they'd come and change it. And it would be different. And they would have. And maybe that would have been a wonderful thing too. I'm not being critical of that. But we've asked Phil, will he be the pastor here? And he said yes. And so we're asking you now something quite particular. We're asking you something very, very odd. But I'll explain what it is. 
We don't want you to tell anyone about this. <laughs> you know, like when Jesus did a miracle and he said, don't tell anyone. Well, we're, tell- we're asking you that. The reason is this. Because it will make it very difficult for him and his current employer. So he doesn't want it. Whatever you do, don't go home and put on Facebook, Phil, we're with you. (laughs) Because he's not going to start until January, February next year. Unless you put something on Facebook, he gets fired and then we have to employ him earlier. All right? So, oh, there's another picture of the ministry center there in the snow. I told you we weren't going to a warmer climate. So we want you to keep this announcement secret. Uh, And those of you who love to tweet and tumble and WordPress and whatever else you do, Facebook, uh, I bind you in the name of the Lord. (laughs) Speak and type not any of this. If you want to come, if you want to ring him, see him, hug him, tell him face to face, that's fine as long as it's not at his workplace. Uh, that's fine. And you can speak to us, talk to us anytime. But we're just us. Unfortunately, Facebook and Twitter is like the world's big newspaper, isn't it? And everyone will see it. So we've had to keep this secret. Uh, and we ask you to uh, continue just to keep this particular part of it as secret as as you can. So please don't do that. And if you do do it, we will know who you are. Because <laughs> we'll see your name. So please don't do that. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as an, as an orphan. He promised them a new father. And I promise you a new father today. I promise you Phil and Emma. We've asked Phil to begin the operational leadership of the church, really from September. As soon as we move, he'll, he's going to take on the, like, the general operation of the church. But he'll be a volunteer at that time. We won't be able to employ him at that time, not until the new year. Uh, uh, but effectively, he will become the effective leader of this church from sort of September time. And we're asking you to really stand with him. He's actually older than I was when I first came here. So he's much more experienced than I was. But most of all, we believe that God is on him. And we believe he has a, a wonderful wisdom. We believe he is a, he's a great guy. He's much more anointed to play football than I am. And so the men's work is really going to take off here now. Uh, we've asked Emma not to replace Jane. In fact, we, aren't, we haven't asked Phil to replace me either. They, everyone's irreplaceable. Can you say Amen. So he's not going to be the new Peter, uh, and neither neither could he be, in the same way that I can't be the new guy who's just left here. I have to be me, and Phil has to be him, and Emma has to be Emma. We've not asked Emma to become a pastor of the church in that that sense, but we are are going to facilitate Emma's brilliant administrative and, and uh, 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 sort of human resource skills. She's going to help us run the um, community center here um, in that interim time and then afterwards as well. And so that's the role that we have asked them to do. Phil needs you to encourage him, stand with him. 
he's uh, a brilliant young man, as you know. And he that is in him is also amazing too. The God that he serves and lives in him is, is awesome. And we believe that he will lead this church into something amazing. He's the Joshua to the Moses, if you like. And while Moses looked like the, the experienced one, it was Joshua that took them from looking at the future to going to it. We believe Phil's going to do that. And the third thing I wanted to say was this, and it's in line with that. Again, from the passage that we just read, Jesus shocked his disciples. He said, I'm, I'm going to go away. I'm going away. And then he gave them this promise. And it's one I believe the Holy Spirit wants to give to us today. He said this, I'm going away. But what I've been doing, you're going to do. And, and greater things will you do than this. Because I go to my Father. In their moment of shock and what's happening, came the word of heaven to their hearts. Actually, you think it's over? It hasn't begun. It's going to be greater than it's been before. And we believe that as we place the baton in Phil's hand and as he has his teams and our operations team are just amazing. Something happened that day as Jesus left them, which is actually something quite remarkable. He left them without their relationship with him, but he left them with work to do. Now they had to do what he had been doing. And we believe that prophetically as well, this season of us moving on is also God bringing King's Church into a new level of maturity, which, is, which doesn't involve spectating others doing things, but people running with the baton themselves. But these things are only possible if we believe them and act on them. And so the things that we've been doing now we look to you and say, now you do them. You do them. And do greater things. Do greater things. Fill this place twice on a Sunday. Reach more people. Impact more of those in need. Go to other nations. Impact other places. Do mighty things. Do greater things than we have done. Because it is the, the will and the purpose of God. Jane, what do you want to say, sweetheart? You don't want to say anything? Are you sad? Yeah. We are sad. Yeah. Then Jean-Louis, the man, bless you. So I'm not going to carry an interview because um, when they told us, um, when Jane and Peter told us, uh, we were shocked. So I, I do understand what you are all going through because I've gone through the same probably just a few days before. There is just a key message, I guess, is we are all Christians, and because we are all Christians, we all have our journey. And because we have our journey, it's not a journey that is dictated by ourselves, it's by God. And I believe that um, Pastor Peter and Jane have had God directing their life. I came into this church about two and a half years, three years ago, and the way I came to Cambridge was a bit similar because I wasn't planning to come to Cambridge. But God moved, you know. 
So the Bible says that a man plans, but God dictates where the person goes. So God has definitely his hand upon their ministry. And even if you say something, a, di- a change of career is certainly another type of ministry. Mm-hmm. We are probably not exposed to that directly, but it's still ministry. Yeah, yeah. It's making people yeah. disciple, making people understand the true value of the gospel. And that there is no trade-off. So when it comes to us individually as a church, I guess we need to stand together because it's God's church. It will be filled today. It will be another Peter tomorrow. That's the way things move. And therefore, because it is a dynamic model, the kingdom is dynamic, it is important that we respond to when we are called. And responding sometimes means, let's first of all, um, yeah, cry and feel sorry, but ultimately there is a task and work at hand. And as much as they are away, they are not away because, well, they have not departed, right? Mm-hmm. It's more of 150 miles, I take a super jet, I'm there in five minutes. <laughs> the point is they are around, they have their mobile phone, they are not going to be un- un- unreachable. And they are still our friends, they are still our pastors, they are still spiritual leaders. And that's the way we should look at it, I, I suggest. Um, personally, I think I have a lot of admiration for the work they did and for the way they run the church and for the Christians that they are. is is a testimony. And I think God has also seen their heart and has blessed them accordingly. I guess it's not been easy, an easy journey, but God's never, never guarantees that it's going to be easy for us. So I think we need to really take that mantle and then follow Phil is a very young man. He's a very, he's somebody when I came to the church, he's somebody who really embraced me. And the same way the church will embrace people, but essentially somebody will say he always has the heart to do that which God wants him to do. And if God has called him to be the senior pastor of this church, we as part of the operation teams, just have the duty to support and even help him to stretch his wings even further. That's our duty. It's the call that God has put on us on each and every one of the guys in the operation teams, but also upon you, because we are all part of the same church, we are all the church of God, so we all work together, nobody is better or more, you know, we are all a family, it's a family church, that's the value of King's Church, and if we do that together, there is something that people say in dynamic, I'm sure Tony will have seen that before, you go to this high level, high high pitch, uh, you know, conference, and they say team, Together, everyone has achieved more. That's what we want to do. Yeah. But we want to do that for God's kingdom. There are people who need salvation. There are people for our family, from our friends, relatives that need to be, to be boosted. So as much as the disciples were, uh, were shocked, they responded. I guess that's our duty. When we respond, I think I will leave it to you because it's the same time when we grieve Everybody has their own cycle of grievance and how they heal from that, how God takes them out from that. And I'm not going to tell you it is easy because the relationship you have with Peter and Jane is not the relationship you have with Phil. But it can be even a better relationship with Phil without having no relationship with you at all. So I go back to to the word Peter um, started with and it's from 14, um, John 14 verse 1. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Because trouble is actually something that we don't necessarily understand. It's something that we feel difficult to deal with. I don't think it's easy for them. They stand before you, but I think they haven't had it easy either. And they're really strong as they stand. But they just want to respond to God's call. So 
they are probably trouble, <laughs> but they, they leave it into God's hands. And that's the same way we should do as a church. I think it's going to be very critical because transition can actually either undo the hard work that they have put in for so many years and the work of those before them, or transition can actually boost us stronger together towards the future. So if we do that together, if we do that for, with one goal, one aim, just looking up onto Jesus, the author, and finish off our faith, then all things will be possible. And we all want to be part of it. It will be another time, maybe Phil will go, another will come, you know, people will move, and, you know, I think you did mention to me about, you know, the fact that it seems to have high turnover in, in ministry. In ministry, churches have a high turnover because people move, get jobs, relocate, get family, and so forth. But we are King's Church. We are the children of God, and this is the church of God. So I just want us to, I will probably call on the operations team so that we can come and pray for Peter and Jane. They've been excellent into the ministry. I can't give you your reward. God will give you your reward. But I think you've been an example to many. And, you know, devotion, commitment, patience, perseverance. And I think that your shoulders have been actually very strong because God has helped you to do that. And personally, we are sad. I'm not sure you are happy, <laughs> but um, God, will, God will really bless you and, and continue with you. Amen. If we sound very um, assured of this, it's only because we've had much longer to, to um, consider it. There, we were driving over Tuesday night to talk to the operations team, and I said to Jane, can we change our minds? I've signed a contract. We bought a house, but can we change our minds? It's not something we want to do, but you have to obey God. And I've been here for 13 years preaching that we should obey God, even when it's difficult. It would be the worst thing for me in the world now for us not to obey God and stay cozy. The other thing I want to say is this. And maybe this isn't the right time to say this, but anyway, here goes. How many of you love this church? Just raise your hand. You, love, you don't have to put your hand up, but you love this church. I love this church. Last week when Bill was here ministering, I turned to Phil, I said, this is the best church to be in. There's no better church. I love this church. People asked us all the time, we were in the north, so we were telling people in the north we were moving and finding out where the local chip shops are, etc. You know, and, and they said, well, what church are you going to go to? I said, well, we're going to go to King's Church. It's the best church. Are you, you, you going to come to our No, no, we might come to your church sometime, but we're going to go to King's Church. It's the best church. And wouldn't it be amazing, and I want you to hear my heart now, wouldn't it be amazing if we could have King's Churches all over the world like this? This sort of, because I, I, I love it. So, of course I'm biased, but I love it. I don't, I just come, I don't just come here because I'm the pastor. I come here because it's great. Wouldn't it be great to have King's Churches all over the world? Now, don't tell anyone, but that's what I want to go and do. That's what I want to go and do. 50 new pastors will come and sit in a class with me. And then the following year, another 50. And then another 50. Wouldn't it be great to have churches like this all over the world? That's what we're going to go and do. Form the next generation of Christian leaders. Now, of course, there's a cost. <laughs> it means that we have to go there instead of stay here. You can put a picture of me on the wall, so I don't, I don't know, or something. Wide screen. I'm joking, by the way. What I mean is this. 
please will you find it in your heart to release us with your blessing so that we can go and again forgive this phrase I don't mean it in a proud way I mean it as friends together enable us to plant King's churches all over the world all over the UK all over the world so I've got people sitting in my class they're from the Middle East 40% of the people in my class this year are from Zimbabwe. Uh, people come in from all over the world. And I want you to release us with your blessing um, so that we can go and fashion leaders to preach well, believe God, move in signs and wonders. Know what it is to build churches where they don't have to have titles and dress like King David. To be humble, to be loving, for the churches to be the happiest place on the planet. All the things that we believe we haven't succeeded, but we've tried very hard to create here. As God said to Adam, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the best way to spread the gospel for us is to pour ourselves into disciples who will go and do the same. And so we ask you to, in this difficult time, please maybe just to think about that part of it. Enable us to go and to plant other king's churches all over the place from that, from that classroom. I would leave my lectures, I was saying this to someone this week, and as I left the lecture, I'd go out and the students would follow me out. Other times I was kept up to one, half past one in the morning in a darkened dining hall. Students hungry, how can we move in the spirit? How can we minister to people? How can we flow in the dimension of God? What can we do? These young people are really hungry. They're not take it or leave it. We might show up, we might not. They're there. They've paid a huge price to go. They're going to impact the world. And we believe God has called us to play our small part in shaping them in a Pentecostal direction, in a charismatic Holy Spirit direction. I have to upskill. I have to become PhD. In a few years' time, I shall be known as the doctor. Hopefully, if I pass it. So I've got to do a PhD. I'm looking after a Pentecostal library, but I'll tell you more about that another time as well. But we ask you to release us with your blessing. Even a tear-filled one. What, what God has done here, we want it to go out all over the place. And this is the best way for us to do it. It's the most effective way for us to do it. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org.
If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.